Welcome to Furniture Industry News for Tuesday, November 28th, 2023 from FurniturePodcast.com, where you can stay up to date on the latest news surrounding the ever-evolving furniture industry. In today's episode, we'll cover the record-breaking consumer activity during the holiday weekend, declining home sales and rising inventory, the cautious optimism in the luxury furniture industry, despite closures and bankruptcies, the impact of rising interest rates on retail vacancies and rent, bankruptcies and closures in the furniture industry, Amazon's historic Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales, and Natuzzi's strategic sale of its showroom for retail expansion. According to the National Retail Federation, this year's five-day holiday weekend, beginning with Thanksgiving and concluding with Cyber Monday, witnessed a surge in consumer activity, setting a new record. Matthew Shea, president and CEO of NRF, reported that approximately 200.4 million consumers participated in shopping activities, surpassing last year's total by about 2%. Shea expressed satisfaction with these results, stating that the organization's big expectations were indeed met. The actual number of shoppers exceeded predictions by around 18 million, with deals and promotions serving as major drivers for consumer engagement. Additionally, favorable weather conditions and an earlier Thanksgiving date contributed to sustained consumer interest throughout the weekend. Shea emphasized that these figures aligned with NRF's initial projections of a 3% to 4% increase in holiday sales this year, which reflects the overall strength of the economy. He further added that substantial savings remain available for consumers to capitalize on. During the period, 95% of shoppers made holiday-related purchases, with the average expenditure on core holiday items amounting to $321. Approximately 70% of this spending was dedicated to gifts. Compared to an average of $325 per consumer in the previous year, the analysis of consumer behavior during the holiday weekend revealed that 121.4 million people visited physical retail stores, while 134.2 million chose to shop online. In 2022, These figures stood at 122.7 million and 130.2 million, respectively. Online shopping emerged as the preferred destination for shoppers, with 44% of consumers opting for this channel. Grocery stores slash supermarkets, 42%. Department stores, 40%. Clothing slash accessory stores, 36%. And electronic stores, 29%, followed suit. Popular purchases included clothing, toys, gift cards, books, and video games, as well as personal care and beauty items. Phil Rist, Executive Vice President of Strategy for Prosper Insights and AMP Analytics, an organization collaborating with NRF to track holiday trends, noted that consumers were able to find excellent deals on holiday gifts and other desired items throughout the weekend. While Black Friday remained the most favored day for in-person shopping, Attracting 76.2 million shoppers compared to 72.9 million the previous year, Saturday's numbers experienced a slight decline with 59 million shoppers versus 63.4 million. In terms of online shopping, Black Friday achieved the highest numbers, with 90.6 million consumers participating, up from 87.2 million in 2022. Cyber Monday witnessed a decrease to 73 million shoppers compared to last year's 77 million. According to Adobe Analytics, Cyber Monday's total spending amounted to $12.4 billion, surpassing Black Friday's $9.8 billion. 
overall, Adobe Analytics reported seasonal revenue reaching $109.3 billion for the month to date. According to a report from the National Association of Realtors, existing home sales in the United States experienced a decline in October 2023. The sales fell by 14.6% compared to the same period in the previous year, and also dropped by 4.1% from September 2023. This continued drop in activity has the potential to impact furniture sales. In terms of numbers, total existing home sales reached 3.79 million in October, compared to 4.44 million in October 2022, representing a 14.6% decrease. Additionally, it was a 4.1% decrease from the estimated 3.95 million homes sold in September. While the year-over-year decline improved slightly from September's 15.4% decline, the month-to-month results fared worse than the estimated 2% decline from September to August. All four regions of the U.S. experienced year-over-year sales declines. In terms of monthly sales compared to September, the Northeast, South, and West saw drops, while the Midwest remained unchanged. The persistent lack of housing inventory and the highest mortgage rates in a generation continue to pose challenges for prospective home buyers. However, multiple offers are still occurring, especially in the starter and mid-priced home segments. Price concessions are happening in the upper end of the market, highlighting the divergence in the housing market. The inventory of unsold homes grew 1.8% from September to 1.15 million by the end of October. This represents a 3.6-month supply at the current monthly rate of sales, which is up from 3.4 months in September and 3.3 months in October 2022. Compared to a year ago, the inventory was down 5.7%. On the other hand, the median existing home price rose to $391,800 in October 2023, reflecting a 3.4% increase from October 2022. All four regions of the U.S. experienced price increases. While the circumstances for buyers remain challenging, home sellers have benefited from the rising prices. In fact, the typical homeowner has accumulated more than $100,000 in housing wealth over the past three years. The report also analyzed different segments of the housing market. Single-family home sales saw a significant drop in activity, with a 16.6% decline from October 2022 and a 4.2% decline from September. The median price for single-family homes increased by 3% compared to October 2022. Meanwhile, existing condominium and co-op sales totaled 410,000 units in October, down 14.6% from October 2022, but only down 2.4% from September. The median price for existing condos rose by 7.6% from October 2022, reaching $356,000. Additional highlights of the report included the average time homes stayed on the market in October, which increased to 23 days from 21 days in September 2023 and October 2022. Furthermore, first-time buyers represented 28% of sales in October, up from 27% in September and unchanged from October 2022. All cash sales accounted for 29% of transactions in October, the same as September, and up from 26% in October 2022. Individual investors or second-home buyers who often make cash purchases bought 15% of homes in October, down from 18% in September, and 16% in October 2022. Lastly, 
Foreclosures and short sales made up 2% of sales in October, which was unchanged from September and October 2022. As of November 16th, 2023, the 30-year fixed mortgage rate averaged 7.44%, down from 7.50% the previous week, but up from 6.61% during the same period last year. The luxury furniture industry panel discussion shed light on the current state of the market, offering valuable insights. Despite challenges such as an uncertain economy and high interest rates, executives expressed cautious optimism for the future of their businesses. They believed that their customer base would continue to spend, even if it was on smaller projects like redecorating or renovations. One interesting trend discussed was the concept of immediate gratification. Customers, especially in the luxury segment, are seeking cash and carry items that can be quickly taken home or delivered. This trend has gained traction, particularly during the pandemic when consumers faced extended wait times for custom products. It seems that the demand for instant satisfaction is becoming a more permanent characteristic of the industry. The article also emphasized the role of outlets in the furniture market. For instance, Furnitureland South has a significant outlet that allows them to move older items there while keeping their main store stocked with newer products. This strategy enables customers to access luxury brands at discounted prices while offering a wide range of goods in the showrooms. Additionally, the reduction in lead times for custom products was discussed. Manufacturers like Rockhouse Farm have significantly shortened their lead times, allowing customers to receive custom products much faster than before. This shift has contributed to the idea of immediate gratification where customers can enjoy some of their purchases right away while waiting for others. The panel also observed a shift in consumer preferences towards smaller items like accessories and lighting. Although this trend emerged earlier in the year, larger, higher-ticket items experienced a rebound in orders later on. This shift highlights the flexibility and adaptability of luxury manufacturers and retailers in responding to changing consumer demands. One common theme among the panelists was the importance of educating consumers about the value of luxury products. While customers are willing to pay more for quality, they also want to understand what distinguishes these products from others in the market. This underscores the need for effective marketing and communication strategies in the luxury furniture industry. The article also touched on the impact of politics and the economy on business prospects. Panelists estimated that business could experience anywhere from flat growth to a 5% increase, depending on the trajectory of business activities. Revenue potential may increase in the first half of the year, but could be affected during the summer and fall election cycle. Another notable aspect discussed was the acceptance of reasonable lead times by luxury customers. Previously, customers demanded immediate delivery, but the post-COVID environment has made them more amenable to longer lead times, as long as the product proves worth the wait. This shift has been advantageous for luxury brands. Moving on, the article shifted its focus to the challenges faced by the furniture industry, particularly in terms of bankruptcies and closures. Some well-known companies, including Klausner, Mitchell Gold, plus Bob Williams, and Z Gallery, filed for bankruptcy during the year. The reasons behind these closures were attributed to factors such as declining consumer demand, rising interest rates, and unforeseen circumstances. However, the article raised questions about the accuracy of these narratives. It suggested that the closures might have been due to mismanagement or financial issues rather than solely external factors. 
The role of creditors and lenders in these situations was also discussed, with the article highlighting that creditors generally desire the survival and repayment of their clients. For instance, the article highlighted the case of United Furniture and its involvement with Wells Fargo Bank, which played a significant role as both a creditor and in the bankruptcy process. It was revealed that United had approached the bank with little prior notice, requesting substantial capital to continue operations. When the bank requested more information and approval from its credit committee, United abruptly ceased operations and laid off all employees. The article questioned the narrative of unforeseen circumstances and suggested that mismanagement or overspending may have contributed to these closures. It also cast doubts on the credibility of claims that certain events were not reasonably foreseeable. The challenges faced by the furniture industry have had a notable impact on employment, particularly in North Carolina. Layoffs and closures have affected thousands of workers and presented economic challenges for the state. In conclusion, the luxury furniture industry panel discussion provided valuable insights into current market trends and challenges. Despite uncertainties, there remains optimism regarding consumer spending, immediate gratification, and the importance of educating consumers about luxury products. However, the industry has also encountered significant closures and bankruptcies, prompting questions about the narratives surrounding these events. Understanding these dynamics is crucial for businesses in the furniture industry as they navigate the evolving landscape. In the realm of retail real estate, various trends are impacting the furniture industry. The rise in interest rates has led to a decrease in vacancies and an increase in rent for retail establishments. For many years, there was an excess of available retail space, resulting in high vacancy rates. Despite a surge in consumer spending and population growth, the perception of oversupply still persists within the industry. However, there has been a notable decline in national retail vacancy rates from 5.2% to 4.5% since the beginning of 2022. Shopping centers have also experienced a decrease in vacancy rates from 6.8% in Q1 2022 to 6.2% in Q1 2023. Despite this, retail construction starts remain at historically low levels due to high interest rates, limited construction loan availability, and investor preferences. Another significant trend influencing vacancy rates is the demographic shift from the Rust Belt to the Sun Belt. The expansion or contraction of retail inventory corresponds inversely with population growth. Southern markets, particularly Austin, Texas, have witnessed substantial contraction, with a minus 12.3% change in square feet per capita since 2008. In contrast, Rust Belt markets like Milwaukee, Wisconsin, have experienced expansion, with a 4.6% increase in retail space per capita since 2008. As vacancy rates decrease, retail rents are on the rise, with an average of $24.23 per square foot in Q2 2023. This increase can be attributed to a rise in triple net lease expenses, including taxes, insurance, and maintenance costs. The ascent in operating expenses directly correlates with the surge in rent prices within the retail real estate sector. In addition to rising rents and decreasing vacancies, there is also a surge in distribution demand and pricing, accompanied by a decrease in supply. This trend further complicates the real estate landscape, with factors such as limited availability, higher rents, expensive land, and increased construction costs contributing to the heightened demand for distribution space. 
The surge in demand is closely tied to the prominence of e-commerce and the challenges faced by supply chains, ultimately resulting in record high rent prices. Around a year ago, United Furniture, the owners of Lane Furniture, sent out a shocking email to its employees, announcing the immediate shutdown of the company. This news came just in time for Thanksgiving, casting a dark cloud over the holiday for more than 2,700 workers. The email also instructed truck drivers to return their shipments to United Warehouses, creating a morbid twist on the term deadhead delivery. The shutdown of United Furniture not only impacted facilities in Mississippi, but also in various cities in North Carolina, such as Winston-Salem, High Point, Archdale, and Lexington. Little did we know at the time, this shutdown marked the beginning of a difficult period for the furniture industry, with several prominent names experiencing financial challenges and eventually filing for bankruptcy. Serta Simmons Bedding, owned by Advent International, filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy early in the new year. Then, Tuesday morning filed for bankruptcy for the second time in three years, and Bed Bath & Beyond followed suit in April. The summer months seemed relatively calm, but the storm was brewing. In quick succession, Klausner, Mitchell Gold plus Bob Williams, Noble House Home Furnishings, and Z Gallery all filed for bankruptcy between August and October. Notably, Z Gallery filed for bankruptcy for the third time. North Carolina felt the brunt of these closures, with over 8,100 workers laid off by October, including those affected by the shutdown of Mitchell Gold and Klausner. The narratives surrounding these closures often cite post-pandemic declines in consumer demand, rising interest rates, and unforeseen circumstances. While these factors may have played a role, there is more to the story. Digging deeper, it becomes apparent that perhaps the company's management and financial decisions also contributed to their downfall. Often, CEOs or CFOs release generic statements citing business challenges without providing substantial details. However, by examining bankruptcy filings and legal motions, we can uncover more information. For instance, it was revealed that United Furniture owed Wells Fargo over $99 million at the time of its bankruptcy filing, even though the bank had provided significant capital through a credit agreement. Klausner similarly blamed its bank for refusing further funding, while Mitchell Gold pointed fingers at PNC Bank. Yet, it was reported that Mitchell Gold's owner had paid down a significant portion of the debt. As journalists, we are interested in the truth behind these bankruptcies beyond official narratives and spin. We want to hear from those who experienced these shutdowns firsthand and are willing to share their stories. The facts may help us understand what truly led to the downfall of these once prominent companies and why so many lost their jobs. While there may be legal limitations on some information, we believe that verified information from different perspectives can help paint a more complete picture. In conclusion, we strive to bring a balanced and comprehensive account of these events, going beyond the one-sided narrative often presented in court filings. By listening to the voices of those impacted, we hope to contribute to a more nuanced understanding of the challenges faced by the furniture industry. Amazon has declared its extended Black Friday and Cyber Monday shopping event as its largest ever. Spanning from November 17th to November 27th, the event saw a record-breaking number of sales compared to previous years. The e-commerce giant revealed that customers worldwide snapped up over 1 billion items, showcasing the immense popularity of the event. In an effort to cater to consumer demand, 
Amazon has announced that it will continue dropping new deals every day until December 24th. Doug Harrington, CEO of Worldwide Amazon Stores, explained that the company had expanded the shopping event to 11 days, starting with prime big deal days in October. The goal was to provide customers with a more convenient shopping experience, offering them more time and more deals. In the United States, customers purchased over 500 million items from independent sellers, the majority of which were small and medium-sized businesses. Additionally, customers showed increased interest in purchasing Climate Pledge-friendly items during the Black Friday and Cyber Monday shopping event, outweighing previous year's performance. Amazon's promotional activities also proved fruitful for participating merchants, with a reported overall increase of over 300% in units purchased through Buy with Prime compared to the daily average in October 2023. These statistics demonstrate the significant impact of Amazon's extended shopping event on both the retail giant and its associated businesses. With mounting losses, high-end Italian furniture supplier Natuzzi has put its iconic High Point showroom up for sale. The company is actively working on expediting the sale of its non-strategic assets, with the prominent building in High Point being the most significant. The property, valued at $8.4 million according to the Guilford County Tax Parcel website, spans 0.8 acres. The Natuzzi showroom has been a design staple at every furniture market since its debut in 1998. Designed by Italian architect Mario Bellini, the four-story building resembles a ship, featuring a gangplank entrance, porthole-shaped windows, and a moat. In 2021, the upper three floors, covering 110,000 square feet, were transformed into Casa Italia, an Italian home furnishings multi-tenant space. According to Natuzzi CEO Antonio Achille, the funds generated from the sale will be directed towards accelerating the company's ongoing retail expansion, primarily focused on North America. This year alone, Natuzzi has opened almost 2 million square feet of store space across five new U.S. stores. The company has also established 45 franchise stores, mostly in China. Additionally, the proceeds will support the restructuring efforts, particularly in Italy. Natuzzi reported a loss for the third quarter, with invoiced sales decreasing by 35.8% to $74.9 million compared to the previous year. Sales were also down 15% compared to the more typical levels seen in 2019. The company posted an operating loss of $1.3 million for the quarter, in contrast to an operating profit of $4.1 million in the third quarter of 2022. As of September 30th, Natuzzi had $37.1 million in cash, down from $44.5 million as of June 30th. The company also experienced significant sales declines in the first and second quarters of this year. Stay tuned to Furniture Industry News from FurniturePodcast.com to stay informed on the latest updates in the furniture industry. And make sure to subscribe for future episodes.